is a good Friday, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's good because it is a day God identified and took away the sin of the world. Uh, Jesus' death for me is very, very important. It is the foundation of the Christian faith. If he hadn't died, he hadn't resurrected, it would be difficult for us to say what we are believing is right. But he did all this for us so that we will receive life. In the book of John, chapter 17 really was a prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples. He prayed for them because he knew his time had come. He put them into the hands of the Father. He knew that when you commit something into God's hands, he's able to keep it. And he committed us, not only his disciples, but those who believe the words of the disciples as we've believed. So this prayer covered all of us. And from there, he moved into the garden to go and do another prayer. And this one, I don't think that is a prayer for the disciples. <laughs> this one is a prayer for him to be able to fulfill and finish the task that he's been sent to do. He went with his disciples, except one of them who had gone to town for a business uh, venture. So the 11 went with him. He went with three ahead and left the rest to sleep. And the three, James, John, and Peter. He went there thinking that there will be a great support. Uh, but in time that God needs man, man will always fail God. But God will never fail man. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is how we have to look at ourselves. We are mere men. Sometimes we have a willpower. We want to do all that we decide to do for God. But sometimes the spirit might be willing, but the flesh can become weak. <laughs> so, while he was praying, he needed the help. The intense of the burden upon him, he needed people to support. Sometimes all of us need people to support us in present it. But most of the time, that's the time people fail you. The time you don't need people to pray for you, that's the time they want to pray for you. The time you need their prayer, that's the time they don't pray. <laughs> that is human, and that is what is enough. But Jesus experienced that. He didn't become bitter and said that when I was in trouble, uh, you people were sleeping, so kemekwa zimikwi. You see, I'm speaking God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so this is the end. We have, a, we have a party here. All of you go home, I'm angry. And the pastor will become angry and say, hey, all congregation, you are all hypocrites. Leave. I'm, I'm, I won't pastor you again. And he leaves them. But no, no, no. He went the first time, woke then that you should pray with me. By the time he left, you know, sleep, when it comes, there's some type of sleep. Have you gone through that one before? When that sleep comes, whether you're in church or not, you still do. <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know how it comes, very deep. I remember there was one went to all night. And at a point, some deep sleep. And I supposed to pray. When I started the first sentence, I was gone. They thought I was in the spirit waiting upon the Lord. <laughs> there are some type of sleep. It isn't only Peter that slept. 
I also slept. <laughs> so Jesus woke them the first time, the second time, and <laughs> any time he went, by the time he turned, they are asleep. He came, they said, they said, now sleep. After that, then he came and brought them. He came back to them again, and the moment he came, before he could wake them up, Judas and his business partners were coming. They finished with the deal and signed the deal, and now he and his business partners were ready to come and take whatever they have agreed on. And he was the one who led them. But he knew exactly where Jesus would be. And that's why the scripture says that the one who is my own friend, if somebody outside betray you, is not as painful as somebody very close to you. And normally those who betray you are the closest. So Jesus is aware that the closer somebody is to you, the likelihood that they may one day betray you when they have other alternatives. So he brought them. He knew exactly that Jesus is a spiritual man. He knew exactly that it is not under a party that you meet Jesus around the time when these times are coming, it was the time of Passover and everything, and, and Jesus who always prepared them, he didn't just do it as ritual, he did it with contact with the Father. So he knew exactly that Jesus will be praying, he will be in the garden with his people, while others are sleeping, he will be there. He knew exactly that it is not the bedroom that Jesus will be. So he led them exactly where Jesus was. Then they came with, shall I say, policemen. Now his betrayer had given them a signal saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one. There's a kiss of love and a kiss of betrayer. And this one is a kiss of betrayer. So, he told them, seize him, lead him away safely. Judah said, I've taken the money. I will do my portion. I will show you where he is. I've already sold him. I'm going to kiss him. Then when I kiss him, immediately arrest him. If you give him a chance to do his things, <laughs> he will pass in between you without you seeing that he's going. <laughs> so this is how you can arrest him. Judas led them. As soon as he had come, immediately he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher or master, and kissed him as he said. Then they laid their hands on him and took him as he said. And one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off what? He loved Jesus, but sometimes with all our love, what we want to do to protect might be outside the will of God. So he cut off his ear to show him a lesson. The next time when you are coming to arrest a man of God, don't think we carry Holy Bible. <laughs> but strangely enough, Jesus rebuked somebody who was trying to help him. Jesus told him to put back his sword, that anyone that pulled the sword will die by the sword. So he picked the ear and placed it. In the other version, Jesus asked them, who do you want? 
And the moment they opened their mouth to say they wanted Jesus, they went back and fell on their faces. Jesus had the power to do everything. But he allowed himself to be arrested. But he must die for me and you. Without that death, he knows you and me cannot become the children of God. And the only way we can become children of God, the only way we can regain what we lost in the garden when God first created man, the only way we can have eternal life is for him to die for you and me. He was taken to Anaspheus. He used to be the high priest. And the Romans, they don't like power to be concentrated. And they, would, they don't like people to be able to hold on to so much power that they are not able to control. So they went into the priesthood, the church, and had a hand always in choosing high priests. They took their political thing into the church too. So he was changed, and they put Caiaphas there. And that's the, I think, son-in-law of that man. They know how to play the game. But many of them looked to this man because he had been their high priest. They still respected him so much that they decided to take him first there. Then Anas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. He then had the first hearing. He did his first hearing and sent him to the one that had that authority to do it. That is Caiaphas. In fact, Jesus went before about six trial. The Zahendrin also met. That is the Supreme Court of the religious group. One, they decide your fate, you are gone. So Kaifa gave them advice. He sent him to that place, to the uh, Kaifas, the high priest, for the high priest to listen. The high priest said, oh, at least one person must die because somebody must die for everyone. And he was prophesying. He didn't know that he was really prophesying that Jesus must die for the entire world. From there, Herod had to listen to him, went to Pilate, and that day, Herod and Pilate, they were not good friends. They used to be enemy, posing enemy, everybody trying to undermine one another. But that day when he came to killing Christ, all enemies came together just to destroy. He sent him to Pilate. Pilate sat down and was asking and questioning Jesus Christ. The wife came. God was giving Pilate. Pilate said, I see no wrong in him. This is a man who's supposed to judge. You sat on the judgment room, and you know this man is not guilty. Why do you sentence him to death? The wife tried to help him. He said, when he was there, the wife rushed and said, hey, I had a dream. Last night, women advised your husbands, rightly. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, have nothing to do with that just man. Do you see how he called him? For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Where you are going, you know the truth. Stand by the truth. When your wife tells you to stand by the truth, don't become angry. 
She was trying to save her husband. But sometimes when the devil is at work, your good advice looks like you are irritating us. First, he wanted to release Jesus. He himself knows that Jesus was not guilty. The wife have confirmed it. And according to whatever laws that he's operating, he knows that this man, the law does not apply to this man. But sometimes you can pull something here and make judgment quantum cross. If you were pilot, would you have the boldness to say, Jesus is not guilty. I'm ready to lose my position as the position I stand for the truth. Many of us cannot. We are faced with the same situation in our offices. And we know what is right to do. But because some big hands are asking you to do it, and you know that will secure you your job forever, you compromise. Pilate is among us. Pilate is in all of us. The same situation that faced Pilate faces all of us. Sometimes we all know that this is right. But sometimes you look at faces. Pilate had all the chance. So Pilate asked a few questions. He wanted to release him. He tried to politically go around to see whether they can. But the priests have made up their mind. The people had made up their mind. You see, previously on by last Sunday, they saw how people were <laughs> hailing him, hallelujah, hailing him, Hosanna, and putting their cloth down. They were very envious in their heart. In fact, if you read back, they said because he raised Lazarus, the news went all around. And so when he was passing, they said the man that have raised his name have gone all abroad. If this day we say he was trending. And the people were nervous. They know they have lost their power. They've lost their authority. They've lost their congregation. They've lost and everybody is after him. If you have power and you are losing that power, sometimes you don't care to kill and kill yourself in addition. So from that day, they said, this guy, we are not going to let you escape to draw all men after you. So that was what led, but it was also according to the plan. They didn't know that Jesus had already prophesied that he was going there to die. And they were just to put themselves into it. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? In fact, he made them write, Jesus Christ, the king of the Jews. But they themselves said, he said he's the king. So the people, when they heard it, they saw it. It was written in Roman, written in all this, so that every language so that everybody can know. Truly, he's a king of the world. So it is written in many languages. 
the ten languages that are well known, so that everybody can know this is the king. They say, no, 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 remove it. Don't say, say he says that. They say, no, 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 he's the king of the Jews. If you have the boldness to say that and to stand that against them, why don't you have the boldness to release the man? Because he's supposed to die. It's a plan for him to die. So, he asks Barabbas or Jesus. And most of the time, we will choose, even now, 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 if they come and put Barabbas and Jesus, the world will choose Barabbas. But the world hates good. If we want to bring righteousness and sin, most of us will like a space that we can have easy way to sin. If we vote, sin will win. So don't only think it is they who did it. We are also prone to do the same thing. And fast forward, I'm just speaking from John. But the chief priests and elders persuaded, they did what? They persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. So it wasn't an easy way. They know that, look, these people, if you give them the right mind to choose between Jesus and Barabbas, the way Barabbas have terrorized them, they will choose Barabbas to die. But there are people who have the power to persuade. The power of persuasion. They can persuade people to do evil. They can persuade nations and countries to do to build wrong laws. They can persuade the church to move out from his or its own core job. It's not coming with guns, but they have a way of turning the truth in a certain way for the truth to look like it is good for you. Because it is good for them, they try to persuade them that, oh, you leave that barber. They persuaded them. Then the crowd move. Crowd will always move by what you tell them. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified. He had to be crucified. By all means, this man will have to die. So Satan and all his people were working. He was working through them, but he didn't know that he was working for God. The Bible said if they had known that this Jesus who they crucified was resurrected again, in fact, what Satan would have done was that he would give Jesus a special bodyguard that nobody will touch the guy, <laughs> that he will live forever. But God hid it from them. They thought by killing him will destroy the, his entire ministry. But you know, by killing him, he's going to have, God is going to have many sons. Now, it's not only Jesus who will say, my father. In fact, they had a problem with Jesus saying, my father. They think God can't have children. But now God has 
plenty children, our year of increase, God then increased by the death of Christ. One son was sacrificed. God had plenty sons, so to God, he had many sons. The devil did not know that he was trying to give God many sons. So, fast forward, he was taken to the cross and was killed. He was crucified. And the time he was crucified, there was total darkness. Darkness came all over the world. Because light has been taken away. So physical darkness has to go. But that will not be the end. Light will appear again. The same thing about it is that the Roman soldiers, I know they mocked him, they beat him, he carries his cross, all of this. And at a point, his physical strength was failing because he was both man and God. At that time, he represented man. Going to the cross, he, he, was, he was carrying like a man. He must go through the strength of a man. And the stuff that was right, he, got, he couldn't move like how man was not able to move again. And there was somebody who was passing. I think from Africa here. And we helped carry the cross. They took him, gave him the cross. So we played a part in it too. No wonder we've all gathered here. And you remember, there were two disciples whose mother came to Jesus and pleaded that let one of my sons sit on your right and one on your left. And he asked, can they drink <laughs> from the same cup that I drank? You don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> Could they hang on my right and one hanging on my left? <laughs> if you want position, that is where you must hang. If you want work, then Take it from Christ and move on. Those thieves, one was saved. They were all given the same opportunity. One made a mockery, but one knew and recognized his sins and repented. And that moment, he was the first to go to paradise with Christ. It wasn't a priest. It was a man robber, a thief. So it doesn't matter what sin you've committed. His death can give you automatic entrance into heaven. That is why we need to carry this good news to all the places, no matter how sinful a person is. We are not to hate people because of their sins. We have to love them but hate their sins. Then finally, they wanted to break his leg, but the scriptures have also prophesied that his bones will not be broken. But here they are, they have to break their legs. So they started breaking the first one. When they got to Jesus, they saw that the, guy was, the man was dead. So they didn't touch his bone. Just to confirm what the scripture have said. And when they had Come to Jesus. 
and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Because when God speaks, his word knows how to work in people to do what he wants it to be done. So his word says that his bones should not be broken. So nobody has the power to break his bone. So when the soldiers got there, they couldn't. They saw different things. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. So his death is fulfillment of scriptures. After he died, an influential person who was part of the disciples. You know, some people are disciples, but they are hidden. Some of us, the same. When we go to our office and they are talking about this charismatic, you know you are one. You keep her as if you are not one of them, but you are one. So sometimes because of their, their position and public respect, they were hiding themselves. Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. Thank God. Would you, if you were the one, would you do that? He came to Pilate, asked him. It's not anybody who can go to Pilate and ask him for the body. The man has a clause. He has what it takes. When he speaks, Pilate knows that somebody has spoken. Influential people are some places. Sometimes God planned them there to work for us. They came and took his body and prepared his body well and buried him, gave him a decent burial. But these people were not satisfied because they remembered the prophecies Jesus gave. They will forget everything apart from prophecies that will make them stop. God made them remember that when he was alive, he said he will die. And in three days, he will rise up again. What he said, they remembered. They said, hey, this guy, when he was alive, he has spoken about this death. And it has happened. So if we don't conceal him and put him inside the tomb and hide him there, if you don't, his disciple will come and steal his body. And they will say he has resurrected as he said. So they decided to stop it. So they did everything, sealed the, the tomb, and put a seal on it that nobody should open it. And they said, we have finished with Christ. The devil sometimes will say that I have finished with you. Look, it's the beginning. <laughs> it doesn't matter how your tomb has been sealed. It can be covered with a large stone, it can be put something on that do not open. Look, it doesn't matter your life, whatever the devil has said about you. God, when his power comes in, it cannot resist it. So they put guards to make sure that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the deception will be worse than the first. 
So they knew that Jesus was going to rise up. The disciples did not know, but the world knew. The priests and his enemies knew that Jesus will rise up. His disciples forgot that he said that he was going to rise up. Even when he rose up and he came, they still say, you are not the one. All of them doubted his resurrection. So what they wanted to stop was the resurrection. But let Sunday come and let's see whether the seed was able to keep Jesus there. God bless you.